We're joined now by our friend Bag Milk from Oilers Nation. Sir, how are you? Doing well. Doing well, Todd. How are you doing? Good. Are you a person who loves uh, Taylor Swift? Oh, I'm a huge Swifty, low side. You know I am. I'm actually going to be watching the Super Bowl specifically for her and not for the football game. I don't care about the halftime show. I don't care about any of the commercials. All I want to see is that my prop bet for Taylor Swift appearances on TV hits the over. But I love it. I, I, I love that you're betting on it. That's that's the uh, healthy approach. That's the modern healthy approach, right? Um, of course. What's Frank doing on the time off? I mean, I, are you still feeding him and giving him treats? Yeah, here's the thing with Frank is he's got to make sure that he's studying constantly. The others don't play until February 6th, but I've loaded him up with stats this week. I've got an encyclopedia of, uh, of essentially Oilers history and statistics and future schedules that he's got to work through. So if we're going to keep Frank's picks going, he is on a six-game heater right now, Ty. Yes. So if we're going to keep that going, we need to make sure that he's prepped when the Oilers play Vegas on the 6th. But from what you tell me, Frank doesn't get full of himself. He's not um, an egomaniac. No, very, very humble. He knows where he's at. He's confident in himself. He's confident in his picks. But ultimately, he doesn't let it get to his head, which is a very, very important part of a season better, like my dog. Okay, I'm going to give you some hard questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So Vancouver makes a trade to get better, and I have read already many, many people who are frustrated with Holland, one of whom texted me or tweeted me to say, Holland hasn't done a thing, and he didn't do anything last year, forgetting about the Ekholm deal uh, and and bringing in a center as well. So I understand it's a good day for Canucks fans. I get that. But are we at a point where Holland just simply doesn't get credit for things like Ekholm, or, or do can we can we have a kind of a balanced view? Is what have you done for me lately, Al? You yeah. know, if we're forgetting about the Ekholm trade from last year's trade deadline, well. Yeah, I don't know how you forget that one. So another interesting point is if you look at the uh, the Oilers cap number right now, according to Cap Friendly, they could have up to $4 million available space by the deadline. That could be an interesting uh, – that's enough space to pick up an interesting player if they so choose. Now, it depends what Holland wants to spend in terms of assets. But ultimately, the Oilers can play here. And I think that last year the Ekholm trade was important because – we may have heard that Ekholm was available, but I don't know how many of us necessarily thought that that trade was going to happen given the length of the ad left on his contract, given the cap hit, et cetera, et cetera. But Ken Holland found a way to get it done. So I'm kind of patient right now, and I can understand why Oilers fans are upset about Lindholm going to Canucks because they're kind of loading up and have been all year. It's an arms race going on in Vancouver right now, and we want to see how the Oilers respond. But Based on how things went last year, I'm curious what Uncle Ken has up his sleeve. Yeah. I'm kind of taking a more patient approach this year than maybe I did last year. We've still got some time before the March 8th deadline. I'm going to be greasing Frank Saravalli on a daily basis to find out what the Oilers are going to do, who they're talking to, who they're looking at. And we're going to see what happens. But I think this year, more than most, I'm taking a patient approach for the Oilers at the deadline. Tell Frank, unless he tells you, you're going to start putting, you know, like coloring in his hair. And, and he won't know why, but he'll turn jet black hair by the time the deadline happens. That's right. We were both in Toronto together for the All-Star game this week, Al, and I'm going to find out where he's staying. I'm going to get a key to his hotel, and I'm going to make that happen. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, looking at the first half of the season, I, I, was, I, I didn't want to write an article about it because I don't think it's compelling enough, but I wanted to make a list of A's, like guys who are either A-plus, A, or A-minus. And the problem with it is there's just so many guys who are having – like I'm not saying necessarily career years, but ha- playing well enough to get an A. Uh, I'm not saying it's boring, but it's it's it, pretty much everybody. 
It is. There's a lot of guys who are really chipping away at this uh, at this season, right? I mean, if you got a 16-game win streak, which the Oilers do, they went up through a perfect month of January, you have to have people throughout the lineup chipping in at various levels and in various ways. And the Oilers have done that. And I think of a guy like Warren Fogle. We talk about contract here Fogle all the time. He had 16 points in the 16 games. That is a fantastic run of quote-unquote depth scoring. It doesn't always have to be Connor and Leon doing everything this year. And it's not always that they're power play merchants this year either. They're getting the job done at five on five. And I think that's been a really interesting development as the year has progressed. But if we're looking at A players, the one that sticks out to me and it has to be circled in pen is Zach Hyman. He's got 30 goals through 44 games right now. He's on pace for 55. Before he even came to Edmonton, he had 41 points as a career high in Toronto. So I don't think any of us ever would have expected him to improve year over year over year the way he has. So to me, if I'm picking one A-plus player, it's Zach Hyman because he's just fighting well above his weight class. A $5.5 million right now looks like a steal. I love the way he plays. I love the engine he's got. He's a dog on the bone whenever he's out on the ice. So if I'm picking one, Al, i got to give it to Zach Hyman. He, he is uh, – the, the Oilers um, – uh, one night I was watching the Oilers play, and I – I started making a list of like truly unique players and why. So McDavid, because his brain and his legs and his hands are in sync at the highest level we've ever seen. Leon Dreisaitl, because he's a power forward who can pass, but also has a hammer and he controls the game and he's a little bit mean-spirited. That's a unique player. But Hyman is unique. So is DeHarnay. But the, the Oilers have... They, they don't have very many vanilla players, and maybe that's a key to this team. Kane has an edge. You know, McLeod, I guess, is vanilla a little bit, but even he is starting to perform at a level using his speed uh, that makes him a little bit of a difference maker. The Oilers don't have – they have role players, but not many. Yeah, and it's interesting that people have settled into their roles quite effectively. I mean, of course, we're going to talk about Connor Brown having zero goals, but if we're going to look at bright sides, if we're going to look at silver linings, which I always choose to do in situations like this, He's contributing really well on the on the penalty kill. You know, I've called him Al. You'll appreciate this, I think. I've been calling him Fancy Leonard Petrol lately, where <laughs> you know when he's out there on the PK, he's going to be effective. The other team's going to have all kinds of trouble getting it through his stick. So uh, we'd love to see some goals coming there, obviously. But I think they are going to come. The chances are going to – chances he's getting. He's going to convert at some point. And you mentioned McLeod. As the year's gone on, he's just gotten better and better. I find him to be a perimeter player a little bit too much at times, but he's kind of waiting his way towards the middle, towards the greasy areas towards the front of the net and that's when he's most effective especially like you said he's using his speed and if he can use just his size too he's a big kid if he can get to the middle of the ice as he has been he's going to get more goals so i think that if you look throughout the lineup there's a lot of players that are contributing in unique and different ways and that's ultimately why they're winning the games they are is they're finding ways to win different ways it's not like all 16 games have been blowouts you know, there's been a lot of one-goal games yeah. in there. There's been a, there's been some comebacks. There's been a lot of tight third periods, and the others are finding a way to get it done. And you got to give a lot of players credit for that. Do you think Bagno uh, joining us from Oilers Nation? Do you think the Oilers will um, make m- more than one deal and uh, at the deadline? And do you think like a, a Jake Gensel or an Adam Henrique or a Sean Monahan or a, a Tyler Toffoli is more likely than a right side second pairing defenseman? 
I think so. I, I really do think so. Because I look at, again, I look at Frank Saravalli's trade targets board at dailyfaceoff.com, and I kind of run through the list about who's a fit there. And you mentioned Monaghan. Do the Oilers want to spend a first-round pick on Monaghan because that seems to be what it's going to get? Or they want to go a different angle. You mentioned Gensel. He'd be really good in the top six as a scorer, a complimentary scorer. I would love the idea of adding more offense there. I would love the idea, if I'm being very specific and very greedy, Al, which you know I like to do, I'd like to get a scoring winger for Leon Dreisaitl's right side and really solidify the top six. And I think that there's an opportunity to do it. There's some teams now falling out of the playoff race that maybe we didn't expect, and I think that's going to provide them some options, provided that, you know, Ken Holland wants to spend some assets. The nice part about it, too, is you go ahead and get a guy like Corey Perry. He comes in for free. You didn't have to spend any assets. It's not like we're trading Kesselring for a Bukestad like we did last year. You know, so I think that there's a different opportunity having players come in like a Perry for free, where now maybe you have some assets that you didn't necessarily expect to have that you can spend at the deadline. Sports fourteen forty. It's the lowdown with low tide. We're in conversation with bagged milk. the The owners, as I see it, they they are going to go to a market. Let's just use Gensel as an example. I would be because I, I keep reading. You know, uh, Xavier Borgo is, is you know might be included in a package. I just don't think he moves the needle. I think Broberg does, and I think Holloway would, but I don't believe they'll trade him. So for me, if they're going to get a Gensel or a Toffoli or or any of these guys, it's the first round pick. And then probably Broberg. Do you see it the same way? Yeah, probably. But then at the same point, I also look at the trade that the Canucks made last night, and they didn't necessarily have to give up their best, best prospect to make that deal happen for Lindholm. So there's always hope that we're going to get something cheaper than maybe expected. The thing that I don't like about trading Broberg at this point is that the Oilers really have been lucky in terms of the health on the blue line this year. That makes me nervous because he's only one injury away from being an everyday NHLer right now. So I don't know that they have enough depth on the back end to move Broberg. Some of the forward pieces, though, I could see. I don't know how patient they want to be with the Borgo. I don't see Holloway going anywhere necessarily, but I guess we'll have to see how it goes. But I, I kind of, as the season goes along and I look at how healthy the roster has been, knock on wood, to this point, Trading Broberg, to me, seems like a bigger and bigger concern as we move along, especially he's playing some really nice hockey right now with the Condor. So I'm hesitant on making that move, but it may be the case if they want to go get a bigger fish. So I'm going to create a scenario here, and I want you to tell me which would drive Oiler fans to, to, the, to the outer marker more often and more completely, okay? Sure. Let's say the Oilers play Vegas in the first round. Vancouver in the second round, Winnipeg in the third round, and then Toronto in the final. How how mind-blowing, and then they win. How mind-blowing would this spring and summer be for Edmonton Oilers fans? It would be an all-timer, right? That march to victory that you just described, if it happened that way, would be an all-time of all-time celebrations in the city. I think we would have the cup parade, but instead of just the one day, it would probably go on for six months. We'd all be swimming in the fountains outside the legislature. (laughs) We'd all be parading down Jasper and White Ave for months on end. If the Oilers found a way to run through that gauntlet, as you described it, the city would be... A lot of us might burst into glitter just out of pure joy and jubilation. So I feel like that's what's going to happen under those circumstances. And we've never seen public drunkenness in Edmonton, so that would be probably a new thing, right? I've never heard of it. Not in our city, anyway. <laughs> certainly certainly in Vancouver and other godless cities, maybe, but certainly not Edmonton, right? 
No, definitely not. We wouldn't okay. do such a thing. Listen, if I remember back to the 2006 Cup run, we were all enjoying sodas and coffees and we're in bed by 9 o'clock. <laughs> do you remember the, 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 the people could not keep their shirts on on, on uh, I think it was White Avenue that year? I remember the, it was wild in 2006. Were, were, do, were you a part of that or were you old enough to be a part of that? I was old enough to be a part of it, and I'm going to plead the fifth on this one in the sense that I'm not going to confirm or deny whether I did take my shirt off for Horkoff. So you, I'm going to put you in the check mark in the yes column, and we will talk about it later privately. How's that? Sounds great to me. All right, my friend. Be good. Thank you. Thanks, Al. All right. There goes bag milk from Oilers Nation.